Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. I think the perception is for many people that, you know, kindness is being weak and like in some way you're giving in. But for me, kindness is clever because you are taking ownership and that is the empowering bit. So it's kind of changing the mindset from kindness being weak oh, and actually going, actually, hang on a minute, I'm going to own this. And that, I think, is a very powerful shift when people stop seeing it as something that is not quite as strong as war or battle. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now your host, Lisa Kosky. Welcome listeners. I am so thrilled to have you here today and thrilled that we got over all our little glitches. We're doing something a little different. We're recording off of Zoom because we were having some StreamYard issues. But I have the lovely Tosh Britton with me, otherwise known as the Divorce Goddess. And we follow each other. She's out in London. I'm over here in my barn. We both love each other's lives. I love what Tosh is doing. She's helping people to divorce kindly. And today in this episode, we're going to get Tosh's authentic story as to what led her down this path of work. Then we're going to talk about our book a little bit. It's called Kindness for Conflict. And we're going to talk about how that can work in divorce and when it can get tricky. And then I told her I want to get a little bit of information on physical and mental well-being. So audience, you are so lucky to have this darling woman with you today. You're going to love her accent for one thing, but she's got so much great information. And Tosh, just welcome. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time. I think you joined me on one of my first episodes years ago. And so it's so fun to have you back. Can I just say, I love speaking to you. I love, I love all your, I love your Instagram life, you know, and you've got a new granddaughter and your horses. I love horses. I've ridden all my life. So I'm just so delighted to be here and see your lovely face. And thank you for such a beautiful like introduction. I mean, wow. Of course. Well, you you are just such a special person. And I love when people have gone through something, you know, maybe a little bit difficult and they want to use that to help other people. And that's kind of what you're doing. So can you just share with the listeners your story as to what led you down this path? I can indeed. Thank you. So I was a child of divorced parents. And I love my parents. They're my best teachers, but you know, 35, 40 years down the line, they still can't see each other, speak to each other. And, you know, and the grandchildren are like, you know, what's the matter with grandpa and granny? You know, what's, what's going on? And, and when we decided to, I asked for the divorce and it was kind of almost in that place of agreement anyway. And I just had this really amazing light bulb moment. I was out walking with my dogs and, 
I thought, you know, what am I going to do about my divorce? And then a little bit later on, I was with some friends who are corporate lawyers and they were saying, you've got to go after him. You've got to get all you can and everything. And I was like, and I just felt this enormous rock in my stomach. And and I was like, wow, this feels really, really unpleasant already. And I'm just like basically having a basic conversation. So then kind of going back to the walk with the dogs, I was then thinking, why don't I just use my divorce as an experiment in kindness and just throw kindness at it and just see what happens? Because I didn't want my children to end up, you know, having parents who couldn't speak to each other and family events and all this stuff being really difficult. So I just thought, I've got nothing to lose. Let's just see what happens. And then I started writing my blog in 2014. So I've kind of been in this place for a little bit. And then it sort of I did a mindfulness course, a teacher training mindfulness course, because that really, really helped me just kind of settle those, as I call them, the divorce mind monkeys in my book, and they feature quite heavily. And then I started my podcast in 2019. It did very well in the US relationship charts. I think it got to like number 41 or something in the early 40s, which was just insane. Somebody said to me, do you know where your, your podcast was? And I was like, no. And they were like, did you not have a marketing plan for it to get that far? And I was like, no. <laughs> just kind of put it out. So, you know, I had this, it was very, it's been very, very organic. And I guess, you know, one of the things I want to say is if you come from an authentic, honest, kind place with yourself, you're operating at like a really high vibration. You know, authenticity is the highest vibration we can all offer, you know, and operate from. And what we can do is be there for ourselves. And what I realized was when I didn't look after myself, I kind of, I got myself into a a bit of a state and I just knew I had to be there for my children. And I know single parents, you know, newly single, it's like balancing everything, you know, those spinning plates. And I was like, right girl, you got to dust yourself off now. And I kind of talk a bit about the whole Laurel and Hardy thing, you know, it's like, oh, this (laughs) is another fine mess. You got me into the thing and you dust yourself off and you, you get on with it. And and you find a way that works for you. And I think so often there's so, so much noise about doing it this way, doing it that way. And all we can do is offer up how we do it, which is why your podcast is so lovely sharing it. And if it resonates with you, then if it feels good, it's right, you know? And well, I and I love, it sounds like this was quite a while ago when this happened to you. And I can't imagine that there was this much information out there about how you could divorce better and you didn't see it. So what a blessing that you were able to do it a better way. And I just have to ask, was your ex-spouse, did he have the same idea as you did? Did he agree to do it collaboratively? It's kind of interesting because when, you know, I'm a divorce coach now and I kind of transitioned into sort of a very sort of, you know, organically into it and people just asking me, you know, advice and everything. So I, um, and it's really sort of on the emotional, mental well-being, which is kind of as important as the legal and the financial, you know, it's this sort of trinity three, you know, this triangle. And I remember ha- after having had this light bulb moment, I was like, I'm just going to try it out the series. <laughs> You know, he probably thinks he's so glad to be done with me anyway. What have I got to lose again? So I just said, listen, you know, stuff's going down, finances, and I know the world's in a very difficult place for people, you know, at the moment. 
And we had lots of financial stuff going down and not because of our divorce, just because of, you know, world recessions and stuff like that. So it kind of feels quite topical at the moment, perhaps. And I just kind of went, listen, I'm not going to fight you. I just want to do this with kindness for our children and keep the children the focus of our intention. And that is to be good parents, to be kind and respectful to each other. And you know what? Nobody's an angel. You know, and I say in my book, just because I'm, a, you know, known as the divorce goddess doesn't make me perfect. You know, we're all human. And I'm going to put my hand up as well. Um, but actually, it gives you a choice. And I just thought I just didn't want to fight. And he kind of there was this weird moment where this thing sort of dropped in front of his eyes. <laughs> he was sort of trying to recalibrate, like, like what sort of work out what is this like a sly ploy or something? And I was like, no. And and I said, you know, I'm just you can be whoever you want to be to me, but this is my commitment to our children, and you can either join me or not. And I think when that happens, that's really powerful because you then feel like you have a choice. Mm-hmm. And I think so often when people are going through a divorce, they don't feel they have a choice mm-hmm. and they just feel that it's being done to them. But if you consciously go, do you know what? This is how I am going to do it. And I talk a lot about, you know, lighthouses with clients. And I'm like, OK, you can be the lighthouse. You have a choice. You can be in your lighthouse, be empowered, be in your look after yourself, do the work on yourself. Because as we know, you know, we all got to do the work that we don't always want to do to get to where we want to go. So you can be a lighthouse or you can be that person that gets drawn down into the bushes by your ex with your torch and lost in this mess and Mm. drama and angst and everything else. So, you know, where do you want to be? Do you want to be in your lighthouse, you know, not handing your energy away and, you know, regretting stuff? And, you know, and the other thing I ask clients is where, you know, do you know somebody who has been divorced, you know, and how do they feel? And invariably, as we all know, we've met divorcees and they're kind of like seething with anger still about the divorce and everything from before. And they go, I go, do you want to be that person? And they go, no. And I'm going, well, it takes work to get there. But you know what? You've got the rest of your life not internalizing anger and frustration and grief and resentment. And yeah, again, we have choice. There's a couple of things that are screaming at me that I love about what you said. And the first thing that you said was to be kind to yourself. I mean, isn't that where it all starts? That is what I get coached on. Have empathy for yourself. Take care of yourself. I think I always used to think self-care was being lazy. And now, I mean, it actually gets me, look at teary-eyed. I thought it was lazy to take care of myself. So starting there. So when you're going through this, start there because if you have kids, they need a healthy mama. They need to see you happy. That's going to be so beneficial to them. But another thing that I love that you said that I always tell people when they first come to me, because I always want them to really be certain that they're ready to move forward with the divorce. And it's so amazing, Tash, how sometimes if people just work on themselves, the other person, and I don't know if you call that energy because I'm not, I don't know about all that stuff, but the other person follows suit. And it's kind of like your husband, like, it was like, oh, 
and then they can just come on along with you. You can be that lighthouse. You can show them the other way. So I love that picture that you gave us. It's just so insightful. And I, I'm just so thankful for that story that you just shared. And I think your book, this is what I need to ask you. I just ordered it today. I'm a little behind on my reading, so I'm going to have to have you back after I read it. But I looked at it and I thought, is this a book? And it's maybe could, I thought it would be amazing if both of the parties could read it together. Has anyone done that? Not that I have heard of just yet. <laughs> okay. I think people, interestingly though, a lot of men are reading it. Um, they've got friends who are going through a divorce and they're like, I'm just going to hand this to you. Yeah, we'll see. Tash, I feel like it's something that I'm going to offer to my clients, Mm -hmm. especially if they have kids and they're going to be connected. Everybody loves their kids. Why not do everything you can to make it better for them by showing kindness and doing this a better way? And it's kind of interesting because in the playground, children always get told to sort out you know, they get support to sort out all their arguments and make friends and work, find a way through it. And yet there are children who are doing that in the playground, then looking at their parents and there's this kind of like all out thing going on, going, hang on a minute, right. you know, where where does the example begin? Well, and it's funny because one of the questions I wrote down is how does kindness work in divorce? And I feel like we've kind of already touched on that. We've already talked about how you can make that choice to be kind yourself and feel good about it. I think the perception is for many people that, you know, kindness is being weak and like in some way you're giving in. But for me, kindness is clever because you are taking ownership and that is the empowering bit. So it's kind of changing the mindset from kindness being weak oh, and actually going, actually, hang on a minute, I'm going to own this. And that, I think, is a very powerful shift when people stop seeing it as something that is not quite as strong as war or battle. That is so interesting that you said that kindness is clever. And I'm just going to throw this out here. And it's not really very nice of me. But back in the day when we were in university, my husband and I, we were dating. His ex-girlfriend came to our school and was so awful to me, just like, she tripped me on the way to the, and I remember I killed her with kindness. Huge. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel like I liked her, but I was doing it because I thought I am going to, I'm going to be better. So in a way it's a little bit naughty because mm-hmm. it wasn't truly me being kind, but in the end, my actions spoke and I felt, I felt better about myself than jumping down that. And I I'll never regret that I treated her with kindness through it all. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting that that popped up. Kindness is clever. It is. And do you know what, whether it is with your kind of going, or just going to get through this and be the bigger person, that doesn't matter. It's the fact you didn't enter into conflict when there was an opportunity to do that. And you actually chose, no, actually, I don't need to do this. Right. I can't imagine though, going through a divorce with someone who's mean and angry and a narcissist. And yeah, you can keep coming back with kindness, but that's hard. Yeah. But you know, it's like anything. Once you start anything, it builds. Yeah. And I think we have to hold that belief. And I talk about faith in the book and hope that, you know, you have to believe in something 
bigger than what is going on that you know actually you know that karmic thing perhaps or you know where your energy goes where your thoughts go your energy goes and you know and just believing in yourself more I think really yeah and then that belief in yourself can help you and I just want to add if someone is going through this and working hard to be really kind they could contact you couldn't they and get some coaching support on how to do it I always think it's good to have a team. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, I'm very, I, I'm quite accountable. I'm quite bossy, but I give everybody. It doesn't serve me to keep people in a place of pain so they get literally everything in a session. It's, yeah. Oh, very good. I would I'm never gonna... think of you as bossy. My goodness, no. Pull <laughs> <laughs> people out. I'm like, hang on a minute. What's this about? Because I won't have victimhood on my watch. I'm like, come on, like you're better than that. What are you doing? Right. Get back in your lighthouse. Gotcha. So you're not going to go easy on them because you believe in them. I want them to win. Mm-hmm. I want my clients to step into their power. And the sooner they do that, the easier it then becomes. And they start building those all in important foundations so yeah I totally agree with that yeah well okay so now we're we've talked through the book a little bit and I can't help but ask you kindness for conflict and it is going to be in the show notes I know they can get it on your website probably other places Amazon and I'm in the process of recording an audible hey that's what I was gonna ask you everyone's (laughs) gonna want to hear your voice lovely So I'm glad. I'm glad that you're doing that. You've got about six hours of me talking. Oh, perfect. And I, so I have a grandson that's about five hours away. I love listening to books as I drive to visit him. So that'll be, that'll be one that I'll have to listen to as well. So one thing I want to talk to you a little bit about, I've watched you do this cold water swimming. And this was before it kind of became the thing where like you had the, the cold water plunges. Now everybody's doing that. Mm. I tried one last night because we're in the the middle of a season Mm -hmm. change. So we've got a pool that's freezing cold. The heat's not on. And we have a sauna. My husband's Finnish. And I jumped in, I think for two seconds last (laughs) night. (laughs) But you, my darling, swim in the sea. Tell me about that. And tell me about the health benefits that you know of or the mental uh, fitness or whatever it is that that helps you with? So for me, it's about building resilience. And whether that's whether you're going through a divorce, whether you're going through separation, whether it's just living through the bumps of life, you know, afterwards, before, whenever it is. And for me, the first time I went in, I was also in for two seconds. I was telling somebody about that today. I was literally like, oh, I did it. I was <laughs> yeah. so excited. I did it. And I was like, what is actually stopping you from walking in the water? And I remember like the noise, the cacophony of the mind monkeys going, oh, my God, why do you can't go in there? And this noise. And I was just like, right, you lot, I've had enough of listening to you. I'm just going to do it. And I just started. And I was thinking, right, once you don't wear a wetsuit, you never wear a wetsuit. And so I go in in the winter. I've been down to the beach in the early morning as the sun's coming up and there's frost on the seaweed. I have like uh, neoprene gloves and socks and a swimming costume. And I literally go, right, what have I got to go and leave in the sea this morning? And I'll just 
put my stuff down. My dog sits by my bag and I literally just walk into the sea and it's a neural pathway. It really is about creating a new neural pathway because I know if I hang around and speak to people and they're sort of getting their wetsuits on, I'll get more kind of anxious about it. So I literally just have this thing and I just take deep breaths. So I breathe into my belly. I literally focus on my breath. So my, you know, the mind monkeys don't get so much like airtime. And I just walk into the sea. And as soon as you get in the sea, it's literally like it is a cold. I mean, like properly cold at the moment in the UK. And then after a while, your body just starts like tingling. It's amazing. And you get out of there and you're like, right, come on, world, give me your worst. I'm ready for you. And you just kind of leave everything in the sea. You know, it's just like, thank you, sea, you know, and you just get out and you go, wow, I did something really I got out of my comfort zone because this is something I talk about in the book as well. It's like your comfort zone is where we stay small. You know, it's like what we know. And actually the magic happens out of that when we step out, we say yes to ourselves and we go, do you know what? I'm going to do this. And do you know what? The health benefits, I'm like 54. Health benefits for women particularly, it just smashes through any hormonal stuff. It clears it out. Yeah, I know if I haven't been for a swim for a little while, my body's like letting me know with like, you know, cold sweats or whatever. So how often do you do it? I do it probably about, I get down there once a week, otherwise twice a week. I'm so curious, what led you to do it the first time? It was interesting because we've all heard of Wim Hof. I guess yes. a lot of people have heard of Wim Hof. And there was a coach I was kind of hanging around with a few years ago. And it was just before he became really big or started coming out. And he was going, oh, my God, this is amazing guy. And he did this amazing thing. And I was like, ah, oh, I used to swim in the Highlands of Scotland. So properly cold when I was younger. And I remember loving it and feeling that like your skin comes out and it's so soft and you just feel so empowered and like invigorated. And I was like, ah. Oh, Okay, it's just reminded me. So that's when I went and did my dip on a January day in Cornwall. And for two seconds. <laughs> well, and it's, yeah, it's funny because, so how long do you do it now? They say about a degree a minute, but, you know, I'm not medically trained, so I'm going to really caveat that with a whole load of, you go in there for as long as you feel you're okay. And it's about I guess what's really important is you tune into your body. How does my body feel? How, you know, if I'm ready to get out after 30 seconds, that's okay. There's no shame, you know? And I think people go, you know, I don't think, but the the, the challenge is, is to go, oh, somebody's staying there for longer than me. And actually it's about you because all our bodies are different. So I would just say, you know what, 30 seconds is okay for you. In the winter, I don't dive in. I just walk in. I wear a hat. I don't get my head wet. You know, I just maybe splash my face. But do check out and do obviously go and see a medical professional. Right. You're thinking about it and you maybe have health issues as well. Smash it. so good to know. And it's so interesting because I have this little ring that tracks my sleep. And mm. I have a really hard time getting my heart rate down at night you know, had alcohol out, tried a lot of things. And last night after I did that was the first time in months that it actually lowered. So I thought, well, that's interesting. But Tosh, it's so, this is another interesting thing about me. When I went in the pool, I was, this is how I'm hard on myself. I was so angry that I got up so quick. 
Like, what's wrong with me? Why couldn't I stand there? But I was listening to my body. It was new. It was cold, (laughs) you know? So just, I love, I'm going to grab on to your thought that I did this. Yeah. I'm trying to change my pathways, you know, to think a little bit more like that. It's a, it's a work in progress, but I'm telling you, I've been changing those neural pathways and what a difference in my life. I mean, I don't think I could do half the things that I'm doing now and I would never want to go back to that way of thinking. So I love that. And so, okay. So there was one last thing that I wanted to talk to you about because I saw something on your website about how you're an empty nester and how you're kind of, you know, dealing with that loneliness right now. And it spoke to me because I have such a large span. I've got grandkids, but we have our baby who is going off to school next year and far away, you know. And so I'm thinking, well, this is going to be hard for me. And I'm married. And I think that when you're single or contemplating divorce and you've got kids that are going to be stepping out, that can be hard. So just fill me in a little bit on how you've dealt with that. So, I mean, for me, I pretty much brought my children up on my own. So I had them all the time. So I wasn't very used to being on my own, but I kind of started preparing myself So I didn't just think, oh, you know, I'm going to send them off to school or university and then I'm going to deal with it. I started kind of really sort of feeling into how did I feel if they weren't there? Maybe they're out seeing friends and what could I do? And looking at friendship groups, having different activities as well and just kind of going, okay, so it's going to be you. I'm going to make friends with you now. Who are you? Let's let's explore Tosh. You know, is Tosh a good person to hang out with? And I was like, damn, I'm going to make sure I'm a really good person to hang out with. So I'm not going to, you know, sink into that. And and I think there's a very, you know, there's aloneness, so we can feel alone, but there's all, you know, that element of loneliness. And I think we can forget that we can be in a room of a hundred people and still feel lonely. I mean, my dog can probably pretty much speak English because I talk to her a lot. <laughs> And obviously, if I had horses like you, I'd be like, literally, like, being hanging out with speaking yeah. horse language as well. But I think it's just, again, it's that element of self-care. I've met people who like just sink in under wine and they just get more anxious and, you know, they end up drinking on their own. Have four things that you can do if you're feeling lonely. Just have four things that you know are going to make you feel better. And that might be like doing a job in the house that you've had on that list for ages and you're waiting for the kids to go or, you know, you don't have any time and the kids are there. It's sort of mindfulness world is about mastery. It's a mastery activity. So you feel good after it. You feel like you've achieved something. And um, I would also say, you know, it's, it's very easy to get onto the social media thing and see what everybody else is doing and then feel like, oh my goodness me, you know, what's the matter with me? Why am I not out? Look at all these people resist going on social media. If that is upsetting you, notice it, how it makes you feel. And I think just, you know, I would resist telling your children, you're going to really miss them. Of course, we're going to miss them and not to worry about you when they have left. And really to see this time as an amazing opportunity to like refind you, reconnect back to who you are before, you know, you got married, you had kids and, you know, get back to like saying hello to you again. 
Yeah. And what and a like, lovely opportunity. I mean, there are so many married couples that literally would like, cut their arm off to have yeah. time on their own so they can just do all the things they want to do. And it may not be your fault that you're on your own, you know, and getting divorced. Right. It may be not your choice. But actually, if you, again, it's that neural pathway, you can either choose to go, oh, God, you know, me, or you go, actually, okay, girl, have a little chat with yourself or guy, whoever, and and then go, do you know what? I choose. I choose me every time. Yes. So good. So good. Hey, friends, you may have heard me mention my swan analogy how mediation is a lot like a swan gliding on a lake, not necessarily happy, not necessarily sad, but content, calm, and peaceful. I especially want this for my parents. And in custody cases involving alcohol, it can be very difficult to find peace of mind if you're fearful your child's safety is in jeopardy. Soberlink helps ease these concerns and improve child safety, which is why I recommend it to all my clients who raise concerns over a co-parent's alcohol misuse. Soberlink has remote alcohol monitoring technology, allowing parents to receive real-time alerts multiple times a day, ensuring the child is with a sober parent. Similar to mediation, Soberlink is time and cost-effective and worth every penny knowing your child is safe. To begin receiving real-time alerts that your child is safe and to receive $50 off your device, visit www.soberlink.com slash different. You have given us so much great, insightful information and I can't believe the time is flying by. So, you know, at the end, because I'm in my barn, I have what I call the saddle up segment where I have my guests give one little tidbit or piece of information, something the listeners can do right now to have a better life. Can you share something? I mean, you have already so much, but. So if you got a pen, I would write down the letters H-A-I-L-T, HALT. Okay. As I put it, and it's hungry, angry, ill, because I used to teach those living with and beyond cancer mindfulness. And they were like, well, why is ill not in there? And I was like, okay, ill's going in there. <laughs> it's hungry, angry, ill, lonely, and tired. Write them on your fridge. Yeah. And if you're feeling anxious, that rising sense of whatever it is, look at it and just go, right, how am I feeling? And how can I help myself feel better? So it's like a big reminder it's also great if you've got kids as well or teenagers that don't want to speak and they go what's the matter with you and they don't want to talk to you obviously and you just kind of go well can you just point and tell me how you're feeling and then you can best manage it (laughs) I love that I think I saw do you have a course or a freebie on this on your website it's coming it's coming coming. okay I thought I saw something I have just so you know this is a little this is this is my feelings wheel Oh, I love that. It's so, it's on my website. If you ever want to take it, I would share it with you, but I got it from my coach and it does help to really pinpoint. I used to run away and stuff my feelings and now I sit with them for not too long. I don't want them to hang around forever, but however long I want them to. 
they'll be quite good to be written down as well and then you look at them and they're out of your head and onto paper and not just on your phone tapping it out but getting a piece of paper old-fashioned old style old school and just writing them all out so and just see them coming out of your head and on the paper so you can just kind of not have that plate spinning as well in the whole process and Hush, do you know why that's so much more therapeutic to write it down? Because I feel like when I just write down how I feel, I learn. I learn about myself, things I didn't even know, what I don't understand. I type it up. It's not the same. No, it's not. I think because it's so purposeful that you're writing it down and it's in black and white, like in your own handwriting. And then you can kind of go, wow, it's and reread it as well. And I always talk, encourage people to, if they're going through tough times, to have a journal. So then they can look back, even if it's just like five minutes before they go to sleep to dump all the stuff onto paper so they can sleep better. Yes. It's just to look back and, you know, and even week by week you go, wow, okay, wow, I feel better than I did then. And that's a really good marker to kind of see how far you're moving forwards. Because sometimes in divorce, as you know, it feels like you're on Groundhog Day and nothing ever changes, but it really does. And a journal is great or a diary to help you yeah. see that. That's such great information. Well, my dear Tosh, if my listeners want to find you, they can go to the Divorce Goddess podcast and listen to you there. Okay. They can find you on your website, which we'll have in the show notes, Instagram, social media, anywhere else that they can be mm. looking for you. LinkedIn, Facebook, yeah. Divorce Goddess Coaching. I think if you just put it into the big Google, it'll come up. The Divorce Goddess will pop up. (laughs) Yes, you've done quite a job at that. I love that. It it was unintentional, I can assure you. (laughs) That's what's so beautiful about it, though. Thank you. It's been lovely, as ever, to see you and share time with you. So thank you as well. And thank you to your listeners. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I just have so much gratitude for the time that you gave us. Likewise. Take good care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, I just wanted to pop in here quick before this whole thing winds down. And I want to tell you about my parenting plan online course. It is for you if you are terrified that divorce is going to ruin your children. I'm here to assure you that you can co-parent really well together. And I have an online course that is going to walk you through a parenting plan. You will have a piece of your divorce done. If you want to work with a mediator, you can bring the paperwork in and that portion is complete. It's easy, affordable, quick, and effective. And it will be part of your divorce paperwork if you'd like it to, or you can just use it to co-parent well with another parent. It goes over all the things that you may not be thinking of when you're in the midst of an emotional time like divorce. So please go to lisakoski.com, check on my online courses, and sign up for the Parenting Plan course now because when parents work together, they can mitigate the damages caused by divorce to their children. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.